Hi, everybody. Pastor Katie here. In this third season of the podcast, we've been talking about prayer, body, mind, and soul. And I imagine prayer as a time spent with God in discernment, looking for my transformation or a transformation of my circumstances. I believe God sees all of us and calls us to have faith, not just in our hearts or our minds or in our routines, but God wants us to live and pray faithfully with our bodies, our minds, and our souls. So I chose these scriptures to explore some of these points with you, and each time I'm listening to the recordings, I realize that we didn't really talk a lot about prayer, but we do talk a lot about relationships, our relationships with God and our relationships with one another. And I feel like this is God's word for us this season, that prayer isn't just about the words we say alone in our head or in the dark or in our car, wherever you're listening to this, but prayer develops out of our relationship with God And that relationship transforms our relationships with one another. Today's episode is the closure of the season, and I hope you'll enjoy as we talk about passing on this faith to our children and even to one another. And it made me think about how we do learn about prayer as we sit at the table and pray with one another over our meals, as we sit at our bedside and teach our children about praying at the end of the day, or even as we pray with one another in difficult circumstances, we really learn how to pray when we pray with one another. And so I hope that you enjoy this episode and I really hope you've enjoyed this whole season. And I uh, I hope you'll join us next season as we look at Christmas routines. We'll take a few weeks off and we'll be back in December and we'll look at Christmas traditions, um, look at what they teach us, look at what they say about our faith, and even look at what it looks like to build a new tradition intentionally to carry on our faith in our churches, in our families, in our communities. And so I hope you'll join us for that season. And in between, you can just catch up on the previous episodes and enjoy this exploration of relationships, prayer, and life in general. Shalom, y'all. Hello. And welcome to the Sycamore Tree, where we read scripture and community to get a new perspective and see the world through our neighbor's eyes. I'm Pastor Katie, and in this season of the podcast, we will be learning from one another about praying body, mind, and soul. Today's special guests are Donna Clopton. Hello. And Cruz Messer. Hi. And we're going to start with our favorite little game, Show Me Your Roots, so that you can get to know each of us a little bit better. So uh, who wants to go first? Is it Donna? Are you going to go first? Sure. All right. So first question, if you could live in any other country in the world, where would it be? Well, I think England. England? Uh Mm Uh-huh. Have you spent some time there? I have. Um, we've taken three trips to England, 
and we have friends there, and some of my husband's history uh-huh. there, um, a, a church there that his um, relative helped build. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and and um, so we we have a lot of history there, and it's just been fun, and so I've enjoyed that. So yeah. I might like to live there. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, uh, and I know you were a teacher. Did you have a favorite teacher when you were growing up? I had several favorite teachers. Um, I guess I liked my second grade teacher a lot because I disliked my kindergarten and first grade teacher so much. <laughs> <laughs> and my second grade teacher was fun, and she let us tease her. And she was very kind to me, and so I liked her a lot. That's nice. And uh, question number three, we've already been talking about this a little bit. If you would get a tattoo, what would it be or say? If I were to get a tattoo, which is a pretty far-fetched thing for me, (laughs) but if I were, it would probably be a little butterfly, a very small butterfly, and... um, and that's because um, I'm a member of the Al-Anon family groups, and mm-hmm. that's their symbol. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why I would choose yeah. that. It has a lot of meaning in that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Number four, what do you hope your kids have learned from you in life? I hope that they have learned that, um, you know, life comes and goes it has good and bad and that everybody has good and bad in them and that you accept life on life's terms and that um, God is always there for you and no matter what happens uh, you have that support that's very important thank you mm-hmm. all right Cruz your turn my turn okay uh, if you could live in any other country in the world, where would it be? I live in Scotland. Uh-huh, so close to each other. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I went there with a friend of mine, and uh, I, we were in Northern Ireland and then went over to Scotland, and we spent a lot of time in Edinburgh, and then we went to the Isle of Ione. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you? Yes. Is that wonderful? It yes. is one of my it destinations is. that I hope to get to someday, but I have never been there. They have this most beautiful emerald green marble from there. And the the chancel and the bapti- baptismal fonts and everything are made out of this green marble. It's been mined out. And the friend that I went with, she's a beachcomber from way back, and she walked up and down the beaches a lot more than I did. But um, she found a piece of that that had been washed over and was just a perfect little pebble. And I always collect stones wherever uh-huh. I go. I never got the green stuff, but we we found some very interesting things there. And you stay, in, or if you stay at the inn that's, that's there, it's an old uh, nunnery. And it's like just this little skinny little room with just one little bed in it. But it was the most charming place. And I loved Edinburgh. We went to uh, St. Giles. 
And that, you know, that was the most beautiful place to listen. Uh-huh. And we, they made a huge circle, and they would pass the chalice around, and it was like, it, was, it would be like a mixing bowl, and you would turn it so everybody could go around once, you know. And uh, it was just the most beautiful thing, and a lot of the people that were there weren't even, you know, from Scotland. They were from all around the world, and they were also having an organ festival, and uh-huh. it has a really nice organ. And we got to listen to all those organs. We worshiped like day and night. Wow. While we were in Edinburgh. It was just beautiful. It was the most beautiful thing. And then Iona was the most peaceful thing I think I've ever experienced. Uh-huh. Well, I was going to ask you that, you know, people that I know that have been there have said that it's one of those thin places where thin you place. just feel the spirit presence. It's a thin place. Mm-hmm. I could agree with that. You've been there too. I've been there, yes. Wow, both yes. of you have been there. Wow. And it's not yeah. an easy. You have to go by trains, planes, and automobiles, and a bus, <laughs> and a a trawl. I mean, a a ferry. I mean, it's just like you can't get there from here. Uh huh. It uh-huh. takes a while to get there. It takes. It's a, it's a journey in itself. It is a journey. It's worth it. <laughs> Well, one day you get to go. It's, yes. it's it's still on that list. So um, I hope you get there, Katie. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Did you have a favorite teacher growing up? You know, I had a lot. My favorite teacher, though, was my first grade teacher, Mrs. Brown, and I I think she she was my first teacher. And I, I held her in such high esteem, and she still is held in high esteem, but she was just so patient and kind to me and helped me when I struggled and the things that I was having challenges with. But I always remember the way she made me feel. Mm-hmm. That's always a good thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And... If you would get a tattoo, what would it be or say? Oh, yeah. We're not asking the question that if you already have one, but um, if you were to get one. Well, I've thought about this most of my life, and I still haven't gotten the tattoo that I've always wanted, and I probably won't ever get it. It would be a butterfly, and it would be a very small butterfly, and I'm not sure exactly where, but... um, it's it's that new life thing, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. um, I've I, I I'm in awe that something's so fragile and it just kind of flickers its little wings and then off it goes and then so it, fragile so fragile and they kind of they wake up and they kind of go whoa I've got to fly now and then they do and it's just amazing. And uh, so, yeah, it would be a butterfly. Yeah. They're such magical creatures. Yeah. Yes. They symbolize so many things. The book that we've been reading uh, last couple nights is Pete the Cat uh, and the Caterpillar. And so um, we Uh have uh, been reading about, I've I've been thinking about the whole metamorphosis uh, a lot each evening, actually. So, um, Cruz, what do you hope your kids have learned from you? 
Well, I hope you're making a really great face that I'm uh, afraid our listeners are not hearing, seeing, or hearing. (laughs) I wish that they would learn from me kindness. Uh And then the other thing is, I would hope that they would learn peace, because um, I think if you're a kind person, you're probably going to have a better chance of achieving peace. And then we can all use peace. Mm-hmm. So those are the, that's, yeah, kindness and peace. Mm-hmm. So now, Pastor Katie, where would yeah. you live if you could wear any, live anywhere in the world? So I think about this every once in a while. There are places I'd love to travel to, but, you know, if you haven't lived there or stayed there for a while, I think you don't know if you'd like to live there. But uh, when I went to the Czech Republic, I kind of just did that on a whim uh, and uh, took uh, my parents' and my sister's word for it that I would enjoy it to live there for a year or two. And uh, there's a little town uh, called Telitsi that's right outside of Polichka. And they have a nice forest there and some beautiful hills. And uh, and I just always felt that when I was there, that it's just such a nice village. And I really enjoyed the Czech Republic. But, um, but I came back to be with my family you know, that I thought, oh, I don't want to be that far. It's really hard to be that way, mm-hmm. far away from your family. So. Yeah. But a little bit of my heart is still there. There. So, did you have a favorite teacher growing up? Um, So I actually repeated this question from the last episode because I know that you guys are both educators. and And I thought, well, I'm sure I'd like to know who their favorite teacher was. You know, who influenced you guys? And when uh, I answered the last time, I kept thinking of all of these other teachers who influenced me. And, uh, and I thought, well, Katie, why didn't you say, um, like, some of my teachers from eighth grade and high school that really influenced me in my writing? You know, I didn't really think I would end up writing as much as I do now. I was a flutist, you know, and I thought I would always be a flutist. And I had no idea how many papers I would be writing. Um, the idea that I, uh, I'm studying for my doctorate in ministry and have to write some of these papers, you know, like 2,500 uh, words a night, you know, and during a class. And it's like, how, how am I doing that? How is that possible? But it, it kind of all goes back to my 8th, ninth, and 10th grade English teachers and, uh, and special, uh, you know, advanced learning classes, things like that, when they were teaching us, you know, good qualities of a paper. And uh, there was one teacher who uh, told us, and we all made fun of her for this, but she would circle any B verb in red and make us find a better verb. And we, uh, and people would make fun of her for that, and I, I didn't really understand about it then, but holy cow, I'm so thankful for that now, and I do that with all my sermons, with all of my papers. I'm always trying to use uh, better verbs instead of be verbs. Um, not that be verbs are bad, but... Right. She was just making you become a better... Yeah, a, yeah, a more, I mean, aggressive is not the right, right word, but... Um, more uh, articulate. Articulate, thank you. Yes. Yeah. All right, thanks for that. If you would 
get a tattoo, what would it be or say? Um, I think a butterfly is a wonderful idea because I, uh, I've always loved butterflies. But um, the sunflower and me go way back. So I'm like the sunflower girl. So I think it would make the most sense to have a little sunflower on my ankle. It's um, something I've wanted to do for a long time. But uh, I don't think... It, it's kind of weird. I it's, uh, it's probably one of those crazy things I might do the next big birthday. But I didn't do it on my 40th birthday. So, you know, who, who knows when it'll happen. But... Uh, but I've also thought about doing shalom. Uh, I think that that, like, actually doing the Hebrew letters mm-hmm. somewhere. And that's, that's a one word associated with you a lot. Thank you. Yes, uh, yes. I appreciate that. With, uh, and just uh, uh, even, I, I know some friends that have it, like, somewhere on their wrist. Mm-hmm. And it goes with this scripture, too, and this idea of, um, you know, writing it on your forehead and having it forever before you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know, maybe I, I always think to myself, why am I asking this, these questions? What am I really <laughs> thinking about? And, uh, and so maybe that's, uh, maybe there's part of me that really wants a tattoo that maybe that's why I wrote it down there, but, um, you know, we'll see. But, uh, the next question I wrote, because, I have been thinking a lot about this. What do you hope your kids have learned from you? Mm-hmm. I have been thinking about that a lot with the girls and because I notice all of the bad things that I teach them. And <laughs> but at the same time I try to remind myself about the good things that they're learning and resiliency is what I'm really trying to teach at least Samantha and and hopefully with Abigail. Um we, we think more about what we're teaching Samantha because she's the one that always seems to be running around and, <laughs> and needing our attention. But, uh, but I think resiliency is really important uh, that, you know, we all make, we all make mistakes. Uh, we, things happen to us that are out of our control. And, but resiliency is what helps us move forward. It's, I think it goes, it's similar to the butterfly image. Mm-hmm. And that uh, second chances and uh, new life. And they say when children have resiliency, they can cope mm-hmm. with life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really important. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed hearing those answers. <laughs> and you know, when you put this question in about your favorite teacher, I'm thinking school the whole way. But when I really think about my favorite teacher, my favorite teacher was my Sunday school teacher. Really? Uh Yes, absolutely. He was um, a high school Sunday school teacher, and he he changed my life. He turned me from being a nurse to a teacher. Wow. And um, he went to great efforts to do that. (laughs) And... Well, what an impact he had on the oh, whole world. He had, he had a big impact on my life, and, and he was definitely a, a model and a mentor and, and changed my life completely. So he was definitely my favorite teacher, and, and I loved my second-grade teacher, but she did not have the impact that he did. Mm-hmm. So 
Well, and I think that's an advertisement for Sunday school in itself and just being together at church. You know, we learn things from one another and we have these kind of conversations about right. where what's going to come out of our lives and right. what impact that's going to be. And I, I think that's important for people to know who are teaching Sunday school. Sometimes they don't realize just how important that job is. Mm-hmm. It's important. It is. And and you know because you have such an impact. Well, I've, I've witnessed it. <laughs> you yes. know, when you see a little face staring back at you and they can say something that is so kind and and just angelic, it just it makes you um, have that optimism mm-hmm. that you yes. like to carry with you everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that too, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And as a pastor with my own kids, there's that line of, I want to teach, I'm teaching her, but at also, also I want to give her that space to learn, but I'm hoping she'll <laughs> learn a love for Jesus and um, a recognition of God in the world. And so uh, when we had our baptism several weeks ago, I prayed about that a lot <laughs> because I, I didn't, you know, when, when it's someone else doing it, the kids recognize, oh, this is different. This isn't just a bath. This is, and this isn't just playing in the water. Mm-mm. This is something uh, mm-hmm. really sacred and important. And I was concerned that she wouldn't really take it that seriously. But not only did she take it seriously, but she has wanted to baptize every uh, everything she can think of, <laughs> like every little toy and doll. Uh, but but she. She understands, I think, even just the connectedness and the joy, you know. Well, the first thing she wanted to do was baptize you. Yes, right? and she, she did. It was so yeah, it was special. So let's, let's share. Yes. I like that part. That was, that was such a precious part. It was. It was wonderful. So I guess uh, she's already learning that joy from me So as part of resiliency, so... Well, let's get into our scripture, because we keep talking about all these things that I know that are going to show up in the scripture. So uh, before we get to that, uh, Cruz, would you start us off with prayer? Sure. Gracious God, we thank you for all the blessings we can touch and feel and see all the wonderful people you have placed in our lives, all the people we have not yet met that will influence us in this journey. We thank you for all those that have shown us the way. And we thank you for St. Luke and for Pastor Katie and for all the members here because they have definitely influenced my faith journey. And and I love them. I love everybody here. Thank you for letting us be part of this and continue us on a path to ever seek and be as you would call us to be. Amen. 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 Thank you. That was a great prayer. Thank you. Next, we will read scripture using a practice called Lexio Divina. And 
I like to describe this as a way of reading the scripture and recognizing it as a living thing that you can read read it and hear something new each time. And that's part of us recognizing that God interacts with us when we read scripture. And for this passage today, you have most likely read it uh, many times or heard it many times. In fact, in the Jewish faith, you would have it memorized and uh, know it word for word. So we're going to read from Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 4 through 12. And the first time we read it, you're going to listen for words that glisten or leap out at you and you uh, will say them back and forth to each other. Then the next time we read it, we'll say whole phrases that hold meaning or startled us. And then the third time we read it, we will share questions that we'd like to discuss with one another. So, Cruz, would you read for us first? Sure. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you sh- and they shall be um, as a f- uh, a fontlet between your a fontlet frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your father to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, I give you with the great and good cities that uh, you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and um, cisterns um, that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when when you eat and you are filled. This is familiar. You don't... You don't feel like it's familiar to you. It is familiar to uh-huh. me. No, it is familiar. That's it what is you're familiar. Saying. This yeah. is familiar. Okay. And you know, um, in association with logos, you know, train up a child. Mm-hmm. This is some of that same stuff. You know, uh, that was kind of the uh, uh, premise logos was based on. That you'll train your children just like this scripture is telling us to do is to repeat it and fortify it and and pass it on and and in the song it goes and they'll know the way they're supposed to go and and not be led astray Mm -hmm. and um, we can be led astray pretty fast and easy in some cases and so holding fast is something that is a good um, anchor it is a good anchor for us to to strive for because that will give us the certainty that we need in our life 
And um, sometimes we don't have certainty. And so when we... Especially in these times. And especially mm-hmm. in these times. <laughs> and, um, and it's what we need probably more than anything else. Right now, it's because it is so scarce. And we just are are lacking in that right now, but we will persevere. I think the first words that jump out at you are heart, mind, and soul. Oh, yeah. Every mm-hmm. part of you. Heart, mind, and soul. Yeah. Yeah. And teach diligently. Mm-hmm. You know, diligently. It's not just to come Sunday morning and... It's not the Jesus next Lord. Sunday morning. Yeah, but diligently. I, I like the word bind. Yes. Yes. It's bind. Like, bind it. Mm-hmm. And both of those words have been so important to me lately. Like diligent. When I've thought about, you know, how would I describe what it was like coming back to worship? And right now, as we're literally like rebuilding the church, right. uh, diligence is a word that I've had right in front of me to just keep going forward that, okay, um, with resiliency, I have this idea of a big fall and a big get up, but at least diligence, it's like, well, you know, you're just trying to keep going like one more step, one more step, one more step. And, and if you just keep doing those steps, there is a horizon and you will reach it. Yeah. And with bind, just uh, sometimes you hear something and you just got to, you got to bind it to your hand. You got to bind it in front of you so that you just keep, you can keep it in front of you and see it because you keep forgetting when we're looking at other things. Yeah. Well, it says you shall teach them diligently, but you shall talk to them when you sit in the house. When you walk by the way, and I'm already getting into phrases. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, we go where the Spirit leads. <laughs> and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign and frontlets between your eyes. That's where, you, that's where you're going to put shalom on your forehead. Oh. <laughs> you may want to get uh, Susan to... Crochet it, or someone yes. to to make it a little headband you could wear instead of well, actually, tattooing it. Robbie did make me a, a headband that has peace, love, and Presbyterian. So, so technically, I have one. So, so there's another Christmas present idea for him that yeah. he could make me one that says Shalom, and right. then I could, or even this whole Shema, like somewhere. That um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That would then it would be right on your forehead with a helmet with a right headband. You would have your very own frontlet. Frontlet. <laughs> Samantha's wearing a frontlet today. Oh, uh, with uh, her Wonder Woman costume. Yeah. Uh, that's she's funny. so cute in that. <laughs> it, uh, the other thing that got kind of stood out for me and. There's these great cities. You didn't build them. Houses full of good things. You didn't fill them. He had nothing to do with it. It's not by my hand. It's by someone ahead of me. That's very grounded. Mm -hmm. But I get to reap the rewards of it. 
Well, and I think it gives us a different perspective on being productive, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure on us to be productive and make things all on our own, be independent. And if we don't have something, it's uh, our fault because we haven't worked hard enough for it. When, I mean, this is just proof that it's been forever since there are people who... That those who have tend to have because somebody else did it before them. Or that it's not just about the American dream. It's um, that sometimes we do benefit from everyone's working together. This is telling us to take care of what we have. Ooh. Mm. I like that, Donna. And take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of Israel. That, That... is on down there, but, you know. It's there. We need to take care of what we have. A word that had come to me as I was thinking about this before is legacy. That I feel like it's talking about leaving a legacy. And and, and I feel like in our culture we've become so separated as, okay, this is you, you are going to make who you your person is. And for them, it was very different. It was a nation. You know, they're continuing on their nation and their whole family. And we're very focused on the individual. Yes. You know, this just reminds us how important it is not to forget. We don't know it all. (laughs) We've got to keep spreading the word. We've got to keep teaching the little ones. We can't assume they know it. Mm -mm. You know, just because we know it, just because we have it all on technology, and that's the way they need to learn it, they think they need to learn it, we still, they still need to hear it from us. There are things that you can Google and read the answer, but still not understand. Right. Well, but don't you think that sometimes when you hear it from different people, that's helpful also? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, it could be a family member or a parent or whatever, or a child or a grandchild or whatever. But I think that the more you hear it from many voices... Especially part of what I enjoy about worship is the things we do in unison, hymns Mm -hmm. and prayers and things like that. And um, that we do that together uh, is very um, comforting to me. And so, you know, I know the voices I can hear in my head when I think about the things that I've learned. And there's, there's a lot of people that have spoken these same words to each of us, I'm sure. The people who have survived difficult times are the ones who have have learned and memorized Bible verses, hymns, mm-hmm. you know, things that they have been able to hold on to mm-hmm. during difficult times. Mm-hmm. And even though our kiddos can go to the internet and get information when they have it within themselves and can recall it and bring it up. 
that is a gift we can give them. And I think it's important for us to do that and let them have that information, to have that knowledge, to have that assurance that God is always with them, even during those rough times. They need those hymns. They need to be able to sing those songs, mm-hmm. say those Bible able, verses. Sure, to know that scripture by heart, mm-hmm. whatever speaks to them or yeah, I think it's important that has been laid upon their and heart. to have the pride that comes with memorizing Bible exactly. verses mm-hmm. it is important we have so many songs now I feel like sometimes in our effort to sing all of the songs we don't sing certain songs enough that's I agree with you on that <laughs> So there are certain songs, I don't know if you notice, that we, we do try and repeat enough mm-hmm. so that uh, people, because they're powerful for, uh, for us to continue to hear, mm-hmm. and sometimes we hear the Spirit more in those specific songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you were talking, Cruz, about how important it is hearing people read at the same time it hit me that you two have the ESV in front of you and I pulled out the ESV in front of me so we could read the scripture this next time again all at the same time if that's okay Okay. for you okay okay so uh we'll start in verse four here O Israel the Lord Lord our our God God, the the Lord Lord is is one. one You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, Then take care, lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This time I had to laugh when we got to the part that said, the... All of the good things that you did not fill, cisterns that you did not dig, cities that you did not build, I thought to myself... Well, I don't know if I would want a city that I was not a part of building because I'm being a perfectionist. Sometimes I want to do things myself 
or it, it's hard doing things the way that somebody else did or uh, thinking about, you know, this city that they did not build. Would they want to rebuild and do different things, you know, so. Hmm. Well, we all like things our own way. But God gave them those cities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we work with those things that we're given, we learn different things, and uh, we are stretched in different ways. Mm-hmm. And they had been wondering for a while. Lest you forget. Lest you forget. You think you might not ever forget some of these things, but I forget a lot, you know. Don't you? (laughs) Yeah, I do. So I need to have a double reminder, I guess. Is there scripture that you know so well that you could say it in your sleep almost. It's just that it just gives you that much comfort and and whatever the feeling you get from it. I think there's if you're a Jewish person, there's a bunch, but we have a bunch more. The one that I think about constantly is the is um, for now we see things in a mirror dimly. Mm-hmm. But then we will see clearly, or in be, our vision will be made complete. All that that kind of part of Paul explaining that it's okay if none of this makes sense. It's not supposed to. And 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 also the ver- the verse where he talks about what is seen is temporary, and what is not seen is eternal. Mm. And I've been repeating that to myself over and over in the last several months. Those two, those two verses. <laughs> it's been pretty unclear lately, right? <laughs> well, we don't understand it yet. We, we, it, we only see a piece. And we just have to be patient with that. Mm-hmm. Because our insight changes... As we mature, and our life perspective changes. Mm -hmm. The one I've been repeating is, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mm -hmm. I like that. What's that from, Donna? It's from Romans 15, 13. I see you have it marked there. I have it marked, yeah. You got it close. Mm-hmm. See, it's it's just that just right there in our fingertips if we need it. Yeah. Well, and we're so fortunate that we have this scripture in front of us. That's true. And it, it wasn't so long ago that women weren't trained to read, or um, even mm-hmm. men didn't have access to scriptures. That unless they were religious elite or educators so and then you ate and are full then he reminds us of Egypt and slavery well and what a great phrase 
you know, we're just reading over it like it's not such a big deal. And then you ate and you're full. You know, I ate lunch today and I was full. Did you guys eat lunch today? Yeah. And you had you were full. I was full. Well, Moses was saying these words to the people who had just been complaining and complaining about manna. Right. <laughs> and so they're longing for that day when they eat and will be full of good things. <laughs> I wonder what that thing is for each of us that we're longing for like that. It's ever-changing. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's the journey. Let's go ahead and read it for the third time. Donna, would you like to read it for us? Third time's a <clears throat> charm, right? Sure. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Take care lest you forget the Lord. so easy to happen when we get what we want. You know, we pray, we ask God for what we want, and then when we get it, we forget to say thank you sometimes. <laughs> and he asks us to think about him day and night, and it's so hard to do, keep him in front of us all the time. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes real work, but it's worth the effort. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I was thinking about how, how amazing it is that these are things that I do with my daughter. You know, this was handed down and told verbally and then written down and passed on by families so many years ago, so hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And, and here they sat and taught with their children, taught their children. They talked to them in their house and they walked with them by the way, you know, like, I'm, I'm guessing that just means walking with them on the road, whether that's from here or there, or just taking a walk. 
And uh, before they go to bed, you know, sitting and talking to them, uh, telling them stories, and and when they when they get up in the morning, talking to them, just how how magical it is that in that we do the same things. We do. Mm-hmm. A question that come up for me. Uh, a couple months ago about how when we read the Bible, we're reading from our perspective of how much we cherish our children. And, um, and, and in this life where we love our children, we spend time with them, and they are not property. They are uh, human beings that we see that teach us, that we interact with, and that's part of our perspective on life. But that's a new thing. And, and looking back here, looking into the Bible, when we read it that way, I've been questioning myself, is it okay to read it that way? Or what, what are we reading when we read the Bible? How did they read it? And it's verses like this, I think, that influence me on how I treat my child. And, and here, I, I think that's a comfort that I... I think that to a certain point, they, there was a love for their children and an understanding of love, that they felt this love from God and to love their children, which, to teach their children how to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength mm-hmm. meant teaching love to their children. So, so maybe it was radical for them as it is today. I don't know, this is something I've been thinking about in the back of my mind. You know, children have been um, handled differently through the ages. They have. And um, today they're so much more valued than they have been. And we don't really know how they were valued except for the fact that women who didn't have children were not valued. Mm-mm. And uh, so we don't know whether the children themselves were valued for themselves or for what they could provide for the family mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. We can just imagine. And, um, you know, I'm glad I lived during a time that we can love them just for themselves and and we can try to love them the way God loves us Mm. kind of makes your children even more special doesn't it well and I was thinking too maybe to know that God loves us the way our children love us Mm. I have a daughter who who wants to kiss us all the time and, and really does love us. And, uh, and seeing that, is, it, you know, always melts my heart. And, uh, and to think that God loves us that much. And uh, that, I mean, that's overwhelming in love. So the fact that we live in a time where we can welcome affection from our children and not push them away or keep them in a room. 
we are probably a little too welcoming of our children throughout the spaces in our house. <laughs> they have toys in every room, which is um, probably not like it is in most houses. No, that's normal. Oh, it is normal. Okay, is. all right. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. The whole house is a playhouse. <laughs> I can imagine. But, you know, when, when children are playing, they're imitating the adults in their life. Mm-hmm. And so when she sees you kiss her, whichever do- your daughter's is talking, they're, you're showing them that. Yeah. And uh, they're sharing, which is... Is admirable. That's writing it upon their heart. Mm-hmm. I've also felt that we had a, a great comfort during the pandemic because we at least got hugs from Sammy. <laughs> so hopefully more people will get Sammy hugs um, as uh, the health co- our health crisis continues to lift. Um, but I think you guys pretty much get. Sammy hugs before I can stop her. So, well, <laughs> she knows us. Yes, she does. <laughs> she knows she's in a safe place when you're with her. So, mm-hmm. this is a safe place. It is a safe place. She knows that. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. Mm-hmm. She brings us lots of joy. I think that brings us to the end of our time today. So thank you ladies for joining me so much. And um, it's been great to have you here on the podcast. And thank you to all of our listeners. Thanks for coming to our house today. And we'll see you next time at the Sycamore Tree. Or you can catch us on Sundays at St. Luke Presbyterian Church here in Amarillo, Texas.